The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I cannot begin to tell you the times that I've spent seeking the, what the Lord will have me share with you, not only for the past two days, but for this afternoon, because I do recognize that today is Palm Sunday, and normally I would teach on how our Lord and Savior was preparing to fulfill His greatest sacrifice for all mankind. However, I'd like to acknowledge that Jesus is our true King and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He is the cornerstone. He is the one that we build our foundation on. In Luke 19, 35 and 34, it tells us how, how our Savior, who is the true King, came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a donkey, while huge crowds of disciples began to celebrate and praise God with loud shouts, glorifying God for the mighty works that they had witnessed. However, even like today, the Pharisees of that day wanted to silence them. But Jesus said, listen, if they were silent, the very rocks would want to shout out. In this power scene, as Jesus comes into the city, echoing the words of Zechariah 9.9, Jesus shows how his kingdom is upside down compared to the kingdom of this world. For example, he said, Caesar enters into a town riding on a white stallion, accompanied by dignitaries and soldiers with weapons. But Jesus comes on a donkey, cheered by common people, tossing their coats in the donkey's path. The contrast between the two ways Jesus suggests through tears is the difference between violent destruction and peace. Saints, we know what he did next. He entered into the temple and he began to run the money changers out, saying, My house shall be a house of prayer and not for thieves. And this is what this house is. It's a house of prayer. It's a house where people can come and communicate and commune and worship the Lord. After much prayer, I believe that the Lord would have me to continue teaching and ministering to you more ways that you can enjoy the freedom that He sacrificed His life to give to you. And my prayer is that when we finish this weekend, that I would have said something that will help you to deal with whatever you're going through or whatever you might be battling with. For the past two days, I've been teaching on the importance of your thoughts and your words and how they affect your life. I teach on many, many things, but as, as it, uh, no matter how many sermons I've taught, and I've taught hundreds, is it all comes back to some certain things, and it always comes back to the Word of God. Because that's where it all began. Because the word tells us in John, and these are not in my notes, as Holy Spirit is telling me, is that, the, that in uh, John 1.1, uh, 1, he says, In the beginning there was the word, the word was with God, and God is the word. And Jesus, when he came, the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And when Jesus was here on this earth and he dwelt among us, he was guiding and, and instructing his disciples on, on what to do when he was gone. And so this is what basically I like to do is just, just to teach the things that the Lord uh, leads me to. And like I said, it always comes back to the power of the Word of God and the faith in the name of Jesus Christ. So without faith in the name of Jesus Christ and with the Word of God, no matter, nothing else matters. Nothing, nothing else matters. Brothers and sisters, I teach and I preach this Word today. I can't but help think when I'm thinking and when I'm teaching and preaching, I kind of think about what Paul said in Ephesians 3 verses 8 in the message translation. Paul said, 
And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are over my head. Well, brothers and sisters, if they're over Paul's head, they certainly are over my head too. So I preach and teach about a lot of things I think that's over my head. But because the Holy Spirit is the one that's doing the teaching, I, I go back a lot of times and, and listen to the message myself to see what he said. <laughs> because so, many, uh, so much of the stuff is not always in my notes. This simply means... This simply means that it's time to stop analyzing his word and simply do what he says. That's basically what he's saying. Just stop trying to analyze it and tear it apart and just do what he says do to. Paul said in Ephesians 3 verse 8 in the Message Bible, he says, The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. He says, and Paul said, My task is to bring out in the open... And Paul said, and make it plain, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind scenes all along. He says, through followers of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches, he said, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Wow. In other words, he says, there is nothing that can expand God's supply and resources for our lives, the generosity of Christ Jesus. Nothing. Saints, Paul said, when we trust in him, we are free to say whatever needs to be said and we go wherever we need to go. I praise the Lord for that. So I'm calling this message today the missing ingredient. Or you could call it thinking like Jesus because we have been doing a lot of talking and teaching over the last couple of days about our thought life, about speaking, about our voices, about speaking and the words. I, I borrowed this title from a book I read written by Ron McIntosh, and he, he starts out with, he said, Is there a missing ingredient that we have overlooked to receive the things that Jesus wants for us? You know, like prosperity and health in our bodies and the abundant life that Jesus promises us in John 10.10. John 10. I would have to answer that by saying yes, because one of the missing ingredients to abundant life is heart beliefs. In other words, what you believe in your heart. Because the Bible tells us that you must believe in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. And you could not have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior without first believing it in your heart and speaking it out of your mouth. So the Lord impressed upon me many years ago that the same as I received Him as my Lord and Savior, that's the way I receive everything else too, is by believing it in my heart and speaking it out of my mouth. In other words, you read the Word of God, you meditate on the Word of God, and then you begin to speak the Word of God, and then you give it back to Him. You pick up his word and you give it back to him because that's what the Bible says in, in Isaiah 43, 26. He said to put me in remembrance of my word that I may plead your case with you. So whatever's going on with you this afternoon or has been going on with you, whatever the times we've been teaching, what you need to do is find the word, hit the scripture, the word in the Bible that will back up what that need is and just begin to put him in remembrance of the word. He knows what his word says. He is that every word was inspired by the Holy Ghost. So he knows that, but he wants you to give it back to him. In other words, he wants those words to come out of your mouth. Are you hearing me? Yes. You've got to speak it. You have to speak it. And I'm telling you today, the moment that you get a revelation of the importance of your speaking to your mountain. If that mountain is a headache, speak to it. If, the, if that mountain is a, leg, a pain in your leg, speak to it. If that mountain is a problem with your children, speak to it. Whatever it is, if you're having trouble with your finances, your job, speak to it. 
and you'll be amazed to how things will just start turning around almost unbelievably, like magic. They'll just start changing. If you look around, you'll see people, you'll see fellow believers of all kinds who are feeling a sense of like in their lives. People, I believe, that are hungry for the key or, or they're hungry for an answer to unlock the door to a more healthy way of life, ways to be more prosperous and to have more peace in their lives. Here's the important fact that I don't want you to miss. It doesn't matter how hard you try or how sincere you are. You cannot open a door unless you have the right key. You know, recently we just had all the locks changed on our house and uh, had some other things done. And like I said, it doesn't matter. You know, I see people sometime walking around with a whole ring of keys, all kinds of keys on the key ring. But unless you've got the right key to that door that you're trying to get into, you're not going to get in. And that's what we were talking about today. The, uh, unless you have the right key, and I believe the key to what you're needing is by renewing your mind and establishing the heart and transforming your personal belief system. I think if you start renewing your mind on the Word of God and establishing your heart and transforming your personal belief system. Luke says in 645, he says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, and as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We talked about that a lot last night in Proverbs 23, 7. You hear people say a lot, I'm believing, this for, I'm believing God for this, and I'm believing God for that. But it very rarely manifests does it? Saying it's the only way to truly change your life and to change your circumstances is to change what you think in a way that changes your heart. You have to change the way you think in a way that will change your heart. A thought is a choice. Jesus said, why take ye thought saying? He tells us that in Matthew 6, 28. So it must be a choice because he said, why take ye thought? Thoughts are usually taken by saying. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks a lot about thoughts and lots about worry. He tells us in verse 34, he says, Take no thought for tomorrow. He said, After all, he says, Tomorrow will worry about itself. Saints, worry is always in the future. Worry causes stress. Stress is worrying about something that hasn't happened, so therefore worry is future. You know, when you're worrying, it's not about something that's going on in your life right now. It's about something that you are afraid is going to happen in the future. And so, therefore, it's never passed. Did you know that people who believe that God loves them has less stress? People that believe God loves them will have less stress than the people who believe that God is a vengeful God who is waiting to strike them down or something. They'll have more stress. And as I said last night, 75% to 98% of all sickness is stress-related. And that, like I said, only leaves 2 to 25% that is not caused by stress. Stress is simply wrong thoughts. It's thinking the wrong thing causes the stress. Your mind can actually cause physical reactions. For example, a person with a high blood pressure problem can be increased by wrong thoughts and could even cause a heart attack. You know, you, 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 um, a person that has a high blood pressure, uh, that high blood pressure will increase if they get worried about something or something comes in to bother them 
there are certain things that will cause their blood pressure to shoot up through the roof and actually cause them to have a heart attack. And that's what I'm talking about, that your mind can actually cause physical reaction. And that's, that's what's happening when you're worried about things. It's causing a physical reaction in your body. And so therefore, it's causing the stress. The worry is causing the stress. And the stress is causing the other physical reactions in your body. Thoughts always precede actions. Dominant thoughts, heart belief, that always controls your actions. And you're always going to do what you think in your heart. I mean, it, it's, the Bible says so. That's why it says in Proverbs uh, 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. According to Philippians 2, 5, it said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. One translation says, And think the same way that Christ thought. Some things I'm going to talk about today, I've mentioned over the last couple of days, but that's okay because repetition is the mother of memory, right? The more you hear it, the more you're going to remember it. Romans 12, 2 in the God Word translation says, Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think, and then you'll always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good and pleasing and perfect. In the New King James, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you become born again, saints, your spirit, it gets recreated. It receives the nature and the very life of your father. But your mind that has held your, held your spirit in captivity is the same, same old mind. This is where we miss it so much. We come in and we accept, we hear the word of God. We, we have faith. We accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. But, but then we don't ever do anything to renew our minds. We don't spend time building a relationship with the Lord. We don't spend time in the Word. Uh, maybe we go to church uh, maybe once a week or something, but that would be like trying to live your whole week by just having one meal a week. You, 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 you're going you, gonna to perish, you know, and you can't, you know, a lot of people don't have any contact with the Lord unless they get in trouble. You know, but it, it, having a relationship with the Lord is so much more than that. I mean, you know, if you have a relationship with your children, you have a relationship with your spouse. Uh, David and I, you know, he's my spouse. He's my husband. Um, what, if, what if when we got married, then he just goes his way and I go mine. We just continue living like we were single. And that's really basically what you're doing. When you accept Jesus, your Lord, and you don't build a relationship with him, you're just acting the same as you did before. There are three ways that you can tell what you believe. Number one is you, you can tell what you believe by what you say, what you think, and what you do. In other words, your actions and what you say on a daily basis will tell you what you believe. Saints, the Lord tells us in Genesis 1.26 to subdue and have dominion, to be fruitful and to multiply. In order to subdue and have dominion, we must have faith in God's Word and also know what His Word says. In Mark eleven fourteen, Jesus curses the fig tree. And he said, no one will ever eat fruit from your branches again. And Jesus said it loud enough so that all his disciples could hear it. The next day on the way back, Peter noticed that the fig tree, and he said, that the fig, and he said that, that's the fig tree that you cursed yesterday. He says, it's withered away to nothing. And one translation says, look at that fig tree. You know, it's dead. It's dead from the root up. We were talking about that last night. And Jesus responded to Peter by saying, well, have faith in God, in verse 22. Notice that Jesus didn't say fig tree die. 
Jesus had faith in God that he would hold up his words, that he would back his word up, not that the fig tree would die. In other words, Jesus, his faith was in God's word and not the fig tree dying. He knew, and this is what I'm trying to get across to you um, in so many words, is that your faith, it, it, you, you have to have faith in the words that you're speaking. And if you were a person that are, that's always speaking things that are not truthful and not a person of integrity and, and you're, you're speaking uh, other things, uh, then you, you're not going to have any faith. in. if you're speaking God's words, you're not going to have any faith in that either. If you don't have any faith in your own words, you're not going to have any faith in God's word. But if you're of a person of integrity and you have per, and if you tell a person something, you know, uh, you don't have to uh, sign your name to it and write it. I mean, that's your word. You know, you give them, it used to be that way. You could give them your word and you didn't have to have a lot of these papers, but that's not so true. Now you can sign papers and they're still looking for ways to break it. But you have to have faith in the word of God and what, the words that are coming out of your mouth. If you speak to something, you have to have faith that it's going to listen. You know, uh, for instance, uh, when my dishwasher wouldn't work, you can speak to anything, by the way. It doesn't matter if it's moving or not moving. You have dominion over everything. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes. Subdue and have dominion over everything. So that this, I guess a couple of years ago, dishwasher wasn't working. David was going in. I don't know how this come up, but I wanted the whole, whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but it wasn't working, so David's going to call a repairman. And I, and I got to thinking, why don't I pray over it? Because I prayed over so many other things. You know, I prayed over the plants in the yards. I, you know, pray over the car. I pray over this, pray over that. So I, lay, I laid my hands on the dishwasher, and, and, and I said, Lord, I just thank you that the Word says that everything is made, everything is, was created by you. And if you created it, that means I can speak to it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this dishwasher and I command it in the name of Jesus to function correctly the way you created it to function. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you. And it wasn't long after that, um, same day really, uh, I called David and said, well, you don't need a repairman, the dishwasher's working, you know. But my mom did that. I hadn't thought about this in a long time. My mom did that, um, my, she's been in heaven for many years. Um, but I, 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 I'll never forget it. But she had a washing machine and it, it wasn't working. And uh, she didn't really have the money to go buy another washer with. And so she told me that, she, so she went into her bedroom and she got down on her knees and she prayed over the washer. She didn't necessarily lay her hands on the washer and you don't necessarily have to lay your hands on it. I just happened to do it. But my mom didn't, she just went and nailed down in her bedroom and she prayed about the, uh, the washer and she told the Lord, she says, Lord, she says, I need my washing machine. And she says, and I can't afford to buy another one. And so I need you to make this one work. And uh, she said she went back in and the washer worked. And it worked up until the day she went home to be with the Lord. Amen. It never stopped. You know, we, we just, um, being a child of God is such a wonderful thing. Yes. It's such a privilege. We don't have to be in lack all the time. We don't have to be sick all the time. We don't have to be in sorrow all the time. We don't have to be grieving all the time. 
God is, he wants to help us, but he can't help us if we keep our hands tied, keep his hands tied. And I think about my eldest daughter, um, Vicki, uh, and she, she has a special needs daughter. And uh, I think about her. I was thinking about this the other day as I was putting the message together and, and how God loves us so much and how he wants to help us in every situation and every circumstances that we're in. But without realizing it, we're tying his hands and we're not allowing him to help us. And, and it's kind of like with my, with my daughter. Uh, I would like so much to help her with some things and, and with my granddaughter. Uh, but she makes it so hard for me. Uh, it makes it hard for anyone, you know, to help her because she won't cooperate. And sometimes that we, that's our problem. We won't cooperate with the Lord. We, you know, He wants us to do certain things so He can help us, but we won't cooperate with them. And I've been trying for months to get my granddaughter uh, an ID, you know, and she's 26, never had one. And so I was trying to get her one. We finally, you know, it's like my mom would say, like pulling hen's teeth. We get, we get it. And then I was trying to get her Medicaid, you know, so because she's a single mom, you know, and it's hard. You have, don't have any insurance to pay all these medical bills. And she's been sick lately, so the hospital bills and the medical bills are really plain. So I'm getting Medicaid. But it's so hard because, like I said, she, they won't they cooperate. You know, and so you hire somebody, you go in there and you hire somebody to go in there. And, you, and what my point is, you're doing everything you can. I'm doing everything I can. My husband's doing everything he can. God himself is doing everything he can to help us. He's sending people your way to witness to you. He's sending people your way to talk to you. He sent me up here this weekend to talk to you and to love you and to share with things with you that is hindering your walk with Him. It's not going to hinder your entrance into heaven, but it's going to hinder your, hinder, your, hinder your walk with Him while you're here down on this earth. That you can't live in the fullness that He wants you to live in the fullness of. My daughter and granddaughter could live in much more fullness if they would just cooperate. You know, and I think finally they are beginning to cooperate a little bit. And it just, and it just pleased me the other day when she called and, and well, we finally got the ID. And it was embarrassing to me to take her to the doctor and she doesn't even have an ID. And, and then I don't mind, you know, paying the bills, but they can get pretty steep. But she called, let me know she finally got her Medicaid card. So we're making progress. And I'm thinking how pleased I am and how much more pleased God is when, when His children actually are able to receive what He wants them to have. Yes. You know, and, and you know, I, as a parent, God is our parent. He's our Father. And He loves us so much. He wants these nice things for us. But we've got to help Him, brothers and sisters. We can't keep his hands tied all the time and expect to be blessed. We can't do it. You know, there's other, there's friends. You know, you have friends, you have family members. It's the same thing. And just think how frustrated you get. And I'm sure God's not getting frustrated. But I'm sure that it saddens him to know that with all the abundance that's been provided for us that we're in, in like. You know, and we're doing without.
It, it's, got, it's, it's got to grieve him. In Mark eleven twenty two, it says, tells the disciples to trust in God. He says in the, um, in the voice translation in, verse, in Mark eleven twenty two says, if you do, honestly, he said, Jesus said, honestly, you can say to this mountain, mountain, uproot yourself and throw yourself into the sea. And if you don't doubt, but trust what you say will take place, he said, then it will happen. He says, if you will trust in what you say, if you will trust in what you say. So if I spoke to the dishwasher, I trusted in what I said and I backed it up with the word of God. I trusted in what I said. Last night when I was praying for Melissa, the young girl in the wheelchair, I knew when she was coming down the aisle in that wheelchair, it was God's desire to heal her. It would please him, it would not please him more just to see her get up out of that wheelchair and run around this building. But we made some progress. She was able, by the grace of God, to get out of the wheelchair and take some steps. You know? And I do believe that she was healed last night. I do believe that the Lord Jesus healed her. And I believe that in the near future, you're going to hear more about that. Um, she did send me an email and said, with the weather, I was hoping to pray with her some more today, but with the weather, she was unable to come. But he says... In verse 24, he says, So listen to what I am saying. Whatever you pray for or ask from God, believe that you'll receive it and you will. If whatever you ask from Him, whatever you ask Him for, believe that you will receive it, he says, and you will do it. Saints, we have to learn the Word of God. We have to, we have to, learn, we have to learn the Word of God, we have to speak the Word of God, and we have to think the Word of God. Jesus was simply walking in what God had provided. Jesus was walking as God's man on this earth. When he was, he was uh, down here on this earth and, and he was walking, especially that last three and a half years, is, uh, the whole time he was 33 and he only ministered to three and a half years. He was walking as God's man, the same as we are. We're walking. If you are in right relationship with God, you can do the same thing. And how do you know, for instance, if you are in right relationship with God? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in other words, you are in right relationship with God if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to remember some of the things that we talked about last night, how according to Psalms 8.6 that you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things, he said, under his feet. And in Hebrews 2.8 in the New Living Bible, he says, You have given him authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out, but we must not yet, he said, but we have not yet seen all things put under our authority. He's given us authority and dominion over all things, but he said, we have not yet understood all the stuff that we have been given. Brothers and sisters, the works of his hands, talking about Jesus, was the fig tree. That was the works of his hand. Also, the works of his hand was the blind, the lame, and the sick. And whatever he put his hands to was blessed, and so are yours. 
He said, I will bless the work of your hands and whatever you lay your hands on, he said, shall prosper. So that was the work of his hands. He said, he will bless the work of our hands. So when you, when you lay hands on the sick, according to Mark 16, 18, he said, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall be, and they shall be healed. They shall be cured. Some translation says cured, some says healed, but they're all one and the same. But he says, I will prosper whatever you lay your hands to. But you've got to give him something. You've got to lay your hands to something in order for it to prosper. <coughs> Brothers and sisters, we must have faith in God to back up his word. Faith is accepting what the word of God says and acting on it. And when you truly accept what God has said, you'll be in peace. In other words, don't keep your mind on the doctor's report. Get it on God. You know, sometimes when you're praying, I know I've experienced the same thing myself, said that when your mind wants to wander off, that's what it does. A lot of times, even when you're praying for something, your mind is wanting to wander back to the problem, back to what you're praying on. But when your mind wants to go back and wander to that problem, just Pull it back on God and continue to say what God says. Are you hearing me? It, it, it's going to want to wonder. It, it, you know, you, you sit down, you, you start talking to God, and, or, or start praying, you know, when you're talking to God, you're praying. Anytime you're talking to God, you're praying. So you don't have to have a, a specific time where, okay, I'm just going to pray to God, to, you know, just five minutes. I prayed to Him this morning. I, I'm talking to Him all day long, so therefore, I, I guess that's what He means when He says, pray without ceasing. That you're talking to him all the time. I'm asking him questions all day long. Lord, what would you do about this? You know, I asked him the other day and I said, Lord, I've got this decision to make. And your word says that I have a Christ like mine. So now that I have a Christ like mine, what would, what would Christ do in this situation? Have you ever thought about asking him that? Lord, what would you do in this situation? You, you said, I've got a Christ like mine. I have the mind of Christ. Your mind is in me. So what would you do in this situation? How would you respond? And then just wait a few minutes and let him give you the answer. Don't wait too long when you ask him that question because if you wait too long, chances are you're going to mess it up because usually the Lord will answer you pretty much right away. But if you start waiting too long, next thing you know, you start reasoning about it and thinking about it and forget you ever even asked the Lord. But ask Him. That's what He's there for. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go in His authority to do battle, He says. He says, And I'll be with you. I'll be with you even to the end of age. Hallelujah. What I'm saying what am I saying? I'm saying according to Mark 16, 18, these are the miraculous signs that will accompany, accompany believers. They will use the power and authority of my name to force demons out of people. And they will speak in new languages or new tongues. Verse 18 said, they will pick up snakes. Excuse me. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and cure them. Think about what, think about that, and, and, uh, and I, think about, I think about that, and I think, well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> you know? He says he's given us everything. Right after Jesus said this, he was taken to heaven. Now we're his hands, and we're his feet, and his mouth. Jesus said right, right up here, 
He said that they will use the power and authority of my name to force demons out of people and they will speak with new languages and if they pick up any deadly thing, you know, eat a deadly snake or eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they will place their hands on the sick and they will cure them. And it says that right after Jesus said that, he was taken up to heaven. Now, brothers and sisters, we're his hands. We're his feet. We're his mouth. Saints, remember, we fight our battles with the word of God, the sword of the spirit, according to Ephesians 6, 17. Our battle is not with flesh and blood enemies, but with the principalities and the spiritual forces that control evil in the heavenly world. God's word is your weapon. That's your answer. The word of God is always going to be your answer. Remember what you believe and speak not only affects your body, but it affects your immune system as well. We, we, we talked a little bit about that last night. In other words, your words are going to become either a blessing or a cursing to you. Your mouth serves as a container. Just think of your mouth as a container, and it's going to carry either blessings or cursings. It's like this water. It, it carries water. It's a container that holds water, and I carry my water in it. My mouth, depending on what I choose to speak, is either going to be carrying blessings or cursing. And we talked about that last night. That he said that he had called, you know, he says, I have called heaven and earth to witness against you. And I have set before you both cursing and blessing, curses and blessings. He said, choose blessings. You know, that's not even hard because he tells us that and then tells us which one to choose. You know, think about that. There are spirits that follow words and ride on words. I want you to think about that. So when things are not working, the first thing you need to do, brothers and sisters, is ask yourself, what have I been saying? Because you're going to get what you've been saying, and there's no doubt about it. So if things are not going right with you, just stop for a few minutes and think about what you have been saying. The devil hears what you've been saying. He hears your confessions. Everyone hears you talk about your like. The devil hears you talk about your like. For instance, when you confess the like of finances, we discussed this too, it literally holds up. It literally stops your finances. You are literally giving the enemy the right to stop your money when you're talking about it. As long as you continue to talk like, you're going to have like, and as long as you continue to confess, I can't do that, you're not going to be able to. It was like I was telling my sister that this morning too, we were talking a little bit about that. I said, uh, using some words from uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's long gone home with the be with the Lord, I think in 2004, is one of my big mentors. And uh, sometimes we'll, we'll pray and ask things or we'll talk to the Lord about things and, and think they're going to fall, off, uh, fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. And things are not going to fall on, on you like ripe cherries on a tree. In other words, you're not going to walk in with uh, in divine health just by thinking about it and wishing for it and wanting it to happen. You're not going to uh, prosper on your job or in any other aspects of your life by just thinking about it and praying about it. And I told her, I, I said, well, you know, I, I've, I recognize that. Um, and as I was telling her this, the Lord brought back to my remembrance, you know, about Moses and Joshua and the battle. I said, I've, I recognized that when I was praying for certain things, especially um, the Lord who was putting it in our spirits, you know, about taking speak the word to, the to another level this year. But in order to do that, we would need the finances to do it. 
And the Lord uh, has always and still is coming through for us and provide us with what we need because we're always doing His work. And part of doing His work is by reaching out to others and giving to others and supporting others and just, just not taking in, but not letting it pour in, but pouring it out all the time is one of the ways. Another way, you know, is by praying and asking Him for it and then having the faith that, that He's going to answer your prayer. And, and so I, I was praying for the finances and I talked to the Lord about it. And then I prayed about it. I claimed the amount that I, I thought we were going to need this year to do what the Lord put in my spirit to do. And, and then I said, Satan, you take your hands off of my money. And then I said, go minister in spirits and call some money to come. And, and you might say, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, that's what the Word of God says. The Word says that He has sent His angels and Hebrews to, to, as ministering spirits to minister to those that would be saints. And He says that the devil, the money is not in heaven, it's down here, and the devil is the one that's in control of it. Because the Bible says that the wealth of the sinner has been stored up for the righteous. And the Bible says, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You are all, if you're born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The money does not belong to Satan and his people. It belongs to us if we're talking about finances. And I told her, I, and, and I know it's true, that when I'm praying and, and, and uh, praying in line with the word and just and being consistent, this is a key word today, is consistent, uh, that you might want to write that down. I've got to be consistent in whatever it is. As long as I'm consistent... The Lord is constantly pouring in, pouring it in. The moment that I cease and get distracted, and, I, and maybe I'm still praying some, about some things, but maybe I'm distracted from this, and I didn't include that, then things start slowing down again. But then when I pick it up again, it starts coming in again. And, and I was thinking about with, the, with Moses, you know, during the battles that Joshua you know, they were fighting these battles, you know, and they had Moses out there to lift, to keep his hands up. And as long as Moses had his ha arms up, the battle was being won. But after a while, Moses' arms got tired and he couldn't hold them up anymore. And every time he would let them down, they would lose their battles again. So he had the two guys, and I forgot their names. I don't, can't, can't recall their names right now, but stand on each side of them and keep Moses' hands lifted up. And the whole time while they had, kept his hands lifted up, they were winning their battles. And that, that is a mouthful right there in a sermon in itself. As long as you've got your focus on the right one and you've got your hands lifted up in praise toward him and, 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 and focusing on the right thing, you're never, going, you're never going to be doing without. But you've got to be focused on him. Are you hearing me? As long as you continue to talk like, you're going to have like. And as long as you can continue to confess, I can't do it, like I just said. Or you can keep talking failure. You will experience failure and like. Remember, it's what you believe in your heart. It is renewing your mind and establishing your heart and transforming your personal belief system. It's the same thing holds true for your health. You cannot continue to speak death and expect to be healthy. Remember what I said earlier, saints, about spirits that follow your words and ride on them and how the devil hears everything that you say? Well, the same holds true for God's word. There is a spirit that is following you, 
but it is the Spirit of God and, it's the, and His angels. The Bible says His angels are hearkening to His Word to bring about what He says according to Psalms 103.20. As a matter of fact, I put God in remembrance of this almost every day, uh, but not as much as lately, but as a, as a rule, I would put it almost every day. I would say, Lord, before I'd go to pray, I would say, Lord, I just thank You today for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that You have Your angels standing by here this morning to hearken to Your Word and hasten to bring it about. God, I thank You that You're active and alert to perform Your Word, Lord God. I thank You, Father, that Jesus is the High Priest over my confession, Lord. And I thank You, Father, today as I speak Thy Word that it's going to go where I send it and it's going to accomplish the thing for which to I send it and it shall not return unto me void. In other words, it's not going to come back until it it completes what it, the assignment that it was sent out to accomplish. If you send it out for healing, it, it, until the healing's there, it's not going to come back. If you're sending it out for prosperity, it's not going to come back until it's completed what is it's done. The Lord said it's not coming back to me void. So it can't come back until it completes what it's been. And, and maybe it takes a little longer sometimes for something to get completed than it does another. All things don't happen instantaneously. It's not that God can't do it instantaneously. I'm just saying all, and, it, and things do happen that way, but all things don't happen that way. And according to Jeremiah 1.12, like I said, God himself is performing his word. I pray you hear me. According to Proverbs 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening their mouth, on the other hand, can ruin everything. And I put a Selah there. <laughs> Selah, David used that word Selah a lot in the book of Psalms. And all it means is just to stop and think about pause. It just means to pause and think about what God just said in His Word. And He said, if you want to have a long life, keep, keep watch your tongue. Keep, keep, track, keep track of your tongue. The Lord's been teaching me for years to change my way of thinking, and He's been teaching me to see things His way and, and to think His way. And I've not arrived, as I said before, I've not arrived by no means because I, I'm, I'm learning every day. And I know for a person, personal experience that it's hard to change the way you think. I know it firsthand. But I do also know that it's going to take some effort on your part. Oh, but, I, you know, I just think, oh, but how wonderful it's going to be and how, how worth it's going, it's going how, how it's going to be so worth it when you begin to see the changes. And I'm confident that you can do it. You can let your mouths bless you or, or you can uh, or be a curse to you. It's really your choice. It's up to you. Words are a choice. Thoughts are a choice. Saints, the words tell you that your enemies are his enemies and that we don't need to fight our battles, but to let him fight them for us. In other words, sickness, your sickness is a battle that he's already fought by sending his son Christ Jesus to take care of it. According to 1 Peter 2.24, he says, By his stripes ye were healed. And your finances work the same way. It too is a battle that the Lord will fight for you. Exodus 15, 3 says, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. He is the host of the armies. He will fight for you. Praise God. Never forget that we are the victorious ones because we let God fight our battles for us and win in our battles for us. And 1 John 5, 4 says, If anyone is born of God, he is already victorious because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we need to step up to the plate and stand our ground. We need to take hold of what God is offering us and take advantage of it. 